We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter, at Overtime Ireland, and as always I'm joined by Sean Siegel, co-host of the Rotoviz OT podcast, co-host of Stealing Bananas, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun as we talk through some Zero RB information today from Sean's Zero RB piece up on rotoviz.com. Each week himself and Blair Andrews, I'm sure regular listeners to the show will kind of know the story by now, but they take a conference each, they all... Uh, change to alternative weeks each week so sean diving in this week and uh, we will be looking a little bit at the afc after the previous week also sean uh, on wednesday and um, we did mention this on one of the previous shows but we are well you are changing up the the layout kind of off the releases of stadium bananas so i know ben mentioned on the wednesday show that some people had reached out to him and we're missing that sunday show but um for for the foreseeable future we'll be hitting wednesday and friday i believe sean as those release dates so um fantastic show released by ben and sean on wednesday so if you haven't checked that one out make sure you do listen in after some fantastic stuff talk through from a, a strategy perspective sean we'll be kind of looking at the running back in the zero rb lens for this week true a little bit more i guess and this is something we try and do is kind of blend all the formats together whether it's you know baseball redraft dynasty kind of give our thoughts kind of from each scenario but we will be starting to you know tap into a little bit more baseball hopefully as uh, some of these teams in the baseball tournaments will hopefully make a little bit of noise and um, so we'll be touching on some baseball stuff as well later in the show but sean the big topic of this week going into the week for dfs and for for a lot of different things was talk of Javante Williams and his potential upcoming breakout week for week 13 and it felt like for maybe four weeks in a row that conversation had been ongoing it feels like we have been 
talking about that conversation from <laughs> well uh, before the preseason. But um, obviously, we don't want to see players get injured. But Melvin Garden missing out this uh, this past week looked uh, like Javante Williams stepped in in a, in a big way. He did. He did, right? And we've been tracking sort of all season, if you've been reading Corbin Young on the running back advanced stats article, a lot of cool stuff, you know, on the site now with the advanced stat explorer with the stealing signals tools and things you can do there to look at just what these guys are doing kind of beyond the surface. And it was interesting. I pulled some of those into the zero RB report yesterday. It's one of these things where I always like to mention that before contact is important you know, people tend to think of, okay, well, a running back's job is to break these tackles and then generate some extra yards. Those things can be very helpful in terms of having the kind of profile where your coaches are comfortable using you down around the goal line, which we know having the opportunity to score touchdowns on occasion doesn't mean you're going to score every week. But goal line backs, you know, three down backs who have that goal line role, I mean, they're the guys who are going to emerge as you know, these fantasy stars, one of the things that you see, you know, with Jonathan Taylor, one of the things that actually happened a little bit with Austin Eckler this season, Eckler also scoring quite a bit from distance, something we saw from Aaron Jones when he had his big season a couple of years ago. Those, you know, smaller, extremely fast guys have that potential to score a little bit further out, especially when they are in these juggernaut offenses, like we have with the Packers, like we have with the Chargers right now. But that before contact yardage, I think sometimes people forget or miss on the fact that, okay, the 60-yard run, the 70-yard run, some of these most important runs that we get are because the guy was able to get through the hole without being molested and then was able to actually turn it into a 50-yard gain in terms of, instead of a, a four- or five-yard gain, right? You hear all the, all the time about the blocked yardage, and that's the re- responsibility of the offensive line, not necessarily the running back's job. Now, it makes a huge difference and it's a huge help to have your offensive line creating normal runs where you have contact two yards down the field as opposed to one yard in the backfield, right? We, we see every week that, you know, there are certain teams where we feel very comfortable that most of the runs are going to be in this three, four yard range. We're not going to have to worry about a bunch of negative runs, but the difference between a six or seven yard blocked run and a 70 yard blocked run is the difference between, you know, Leonard Fournette and Jonathan Taylor, for example. The before contact yardage is important. It is important. I was going to mention too, like when we, when we go into the running back uh, stats that we were going to talk about for Javante Williams, I, I was going to mention the things. And you already hit on Leonard Fournette and leading the way over the last two weeks is Mr. Fournette with uh, 66.3 uh, points. But I guess for people watching football this week, I think, you know, a good example of that, Sean, is the Patriots uh, Bills game this past week where there was a lot of runs in that game that. You know went for six yards went for seven yards went for three yards and then you have harris who just rips one through the hole and he's gone and nobody's catching him and you know that there's kind of you know seeing that that's an, a basically a blocked run where he doesn't get touched so that's the scenario that we're we're hoping for we're hoping for those breakaway runs rather than you know running into the line 30 times you know, banging your head off a wall but uh the big thing as well for williams over the last two weeks has been the targets that he's got and the receptions he has received so if we look at the the top players uh, in terms of the ppr points over the last um two weeks for the top five we have fournette williams antonio gibson elijah mitchell and then jonathan taylor so we know how good jonathan taylor has been so far he has 44 points the rest of the guys there are pretty close up to javante williams at 
49.9, but Fournette is leading the way at, at 60.3, which is as massive numbers as we head towards the playoffs. But Williams this past week had nine receptions off 13 targets. Where he really excelled was the you know yards per reception, 133 yards uh, receiving for him and the one touchdown, which really boasts his numbers. If we look at you know his rushing yards versus the likes of Jonathan Taylor, so he had 11 less rush attempts, but he had around about 70 less rushing yards. He had two less rushing touchdowns. But when it comes then to the receiving game, he had um, eight more targets five more receptions but like you know just crushed it in terms of uh 119 extra rushing yards and a or sorry receiving yards and a receiving touchdown so you know lesser workload i guess but uh, just ma massive production from what he's doing and we have been kind of seeing that but we have touched on it a number of times melvin garden has looked good as well in fairness and fairness to garden but yeah um if, if williams can get a, a firm grip on this backfield you know and especially as we head in to 2022 and i know you've been mentioning this for a while sean but you know williams is really he's cat he's catapulting himself up into that that first round conversation and, and really just looks fantastic so far he definitely does and you mentioned that receiving ability that's going to be one of the reasons why i think we can now start to look at him you know almost in this david johnson Le'Veon bell type of profile sort of a, a young Ezekiel Elliott, but perhaps a little bit more well-rounded, a little bit less reliant on the offensive line. Now that doesn't, I mean, that shouldn't take away everything that Elliott did, obviously, but looking at him as, as perhaps having even more upside and even more talent. And then you kind of think in terms of David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, they had these elite, elite workloads because of the receiving and they were sort of our prototypical double digit EP guys where you know, 10 plus expected points in the rushing game, 10 plus expected points in the receiving game. Now we'll see if if Williams, and especially kind of as the offense evolves next year, if he really gets into that kind of category. But one of the things that's kind of exciting with that, and one of the things we talked about with Jonathan Taylor before the season, is that you need to have the guys with the Jonathan Taylor profile as they kind of go through year two, year three, that's going to be really the sweet spot if they hit on a massive season most likely to be in there. It doesn't mean that it couldn't come later. But one of the things that was kind of actually interesting and maybe something I should have paid more attention to, and we always kind of look back and you want to be open to the idea that maybe there's some critical piece that you're that you're wrong about that, that could end up you know coming back to, to be important. This season, it's obviously come back to be important. And kind of what I'm working around to there is that one of like the five guys in this comp group for Jonathan Taylor was Leonard Fournette, right? And the thing with him was just that he very clearly demonstrated that he was not the same talent as the rest of the guys in that group in terms of Elliot and Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley. So, you know, you're looking at these guys and, and you're like, well, now Fournette has actually had that season later on. But the thing with them is you need to have the big season from an expected points perspective and then exposure to the possibility that a guy is going to really destroy from a fantasy points over expectation. We don't know. And like for Melvin Gordon, his best season in terms of efficiency was not the highest season in terms of expected points. And so, I mean, one of the things with Melvin Gordon is if he had matched those up, like some of these other guys did, then we'd be thinking of him in even, you know, more, you know, glowing terms, 
than than what we do, right? But if you hit them together, then you have the season. No, I mean, even if you don't hit them together, you've got guys who, if they stay healthy, are going to really help your team. If you do hit them together, then you're going to win a huge percentage of your leagues, especially if it's a guy who's in that second half, like Taylor was, to where you actually do have some opportunities to get him as opposed to have to having the number one or number two pick, which obviously you, you have less often. But the element that David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell didn't really bring to the table, now they're skill talent profile which was just so immense at the time when they were healthy was one that created these this double digit ep ability or profile or scoring in, in terms of weekly leagues. but they weren't guys who were going to have a big efficiency season on top of that they were already being asked to do so much they were already used so heavily that the efficiency was sort of taken away by the fact that number one, they weren't likely to create the really long runs. You know, that wasn't their skill set. It was more agility than long speed. The long speed could come into play when you're trying to break some of these 70 yarders that really will juice the stats. But then number two, I mean, they were such a focal point that's going to be a little bit difficult. They were used so heavily. I think that Javante Williams is a little bit closer to, say, a Jonathan Taylor or a Todd Gurley, in that he could have this monster season from an expected points perspective and then stack another four or five efficiency points on there, that would be the kind of season a little bit closer to a Christian McCaffrey or an Alvin Kamara, where now you're talking about this combination that, again, it's just it's up there in the stratosphere, right? So very clear league winner. So that stuff would be kind of looking toward the 2022 season, but it could also be a big deal down the stretch here, especially if the, the Broncos can create any goal line opportunities. I kind of set this up or started out with this idea of the yards before contact being important because I did want to then transition to the idea that we do know the yards after contact are important. We do know this is something people focus on. And if you've been reading Corbin or you've been looking at the stats, you know that Javante Williams has just been amazing in these categories all season. And it looks like this is going to pay off now, right? To where when you bring up the leaderboard here and it's pretty crazy when you look at yards after contact, you've got Javante Williams three and a half right? Three and a half yards after contact. I mean, that's basically a full Najee Harris run right there. you got Kareem Hunt. You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got Derrick Henry. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got A.J. Dillon. You've got Tony Pollard. So with Dillon and Pollard there at the end, you got a little bit different profiles. I mean, Dillon, a really big athletic guy, sort of a, a poor man's Derrick Henry, or perhaps at, at some point a rich man's Derrick Henry, since he can also catch passes. With Tony Pollard, you've got our kind of one entrant in there, someone who is fast, right? Someone who can create a lot of yardage for each individual, you know, broken tackle or after contact moment. But that group right there, if you were to kind of think in terms of, okay, who been the best backs in the NFL this year? Who are you most impressed by when you watch? I mean, that would probably be the group, right? I mean, Austin Eckler doesn't show up on there. We know that he's a little bit different profile. We know his profile is also very, very important. But man, I mean, that that's a fantastic group of guys right there. One of the things that's also interesting is that with Javante Williams, he and Kareem Hunt are number one in terms of evasion rate. Javante Williams is number one in terms of broken tackle percentage. And then we look at some of the other kind of uh, peripherals that maybe aren't as much in his favor. I mean, he's the worst guy in that group in terms of getting stuffed. He's the worst guy in that group in terms of hitting the design gap. And one of the things that I found quite a long time ago when I was doing some of this research is that rookies can struggle in that area and then go on and be much better later on, right? And there's this kind of transition to the NFL where if you're this big athletic guy who has this ability to break tackles, 
you can often still come in and break tackles. I mean, your question is like, how fast do I have to be? How much time do I have before that gap closes? You know, how do I adjust when there's a guy in the backfield? Because that guy is bigger and faster than the people I'm used to just beating in college. You maybe have to <laughs> kind of work through how you handle that. And then once you do, you really go off. So not that we should necessarily expect Javante Williams to be like a six yards per carry guy or something like that. We don't want to set the expectations so high that we know <laughs> he's going to come in and be a disappointment. But my point here is that so many of the peripherals not only are very impressive, but the ones that aren't impressive actually have a lot of room, I think, to improve in the future and make him a better back. And so I like what he's done. And, you know, you watch him on television every week. It, it's very clear how good he is. Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sean, we are going to dip into the basketball conversation in a second. And there's one player that isn't playing this week that we'll be talking about not too. I want to highlight just uh, some stats from him. But before that, you did mention Najee Harris and you know the inefficiency this year. But when we look through some of his numbers on the website in terms of positional rank among different statistics. He is number four in attempts, number one in targets, number six in rushing yards, number six in receiving yards, number 11 in touchdowns, number five in PPR points, number 10 in points per game. And then we go all the way down to fantasy points over expectation per game. He is at 138 out of the running back position. So I don't know, you may have over your time, I don't know if I've seen a graph quite as tilted in that direction after, you know, kind of 12, 13 games of a season. You know, some of this is just kind of having it both ways because we did talk about uh, how Harris, there was a good, 
especially I think once you got to see him work within the team and training camp and that kind of thing, it was obvious that he was going to be one of these guys who, if he didn't lead the NFL, it is hard for a rookie to do, but if he didn't lead the NFL in workload, you know, in terms of this EP profile, it would be a, a surprise. And, you know, we've seen some guys kind of up there in terms of what they were doing. Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, some guys who came in and just were really extraordinary right away, justified first round picks right away. And yet at the same time, we're saying, but there's a real Trent Richardson element to the way that he runs. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like we nailed both of those, right? Because he has been valuable. He has scored points. If you drafted him, you were not disappointed at all. At the same time, if you have him now, this is kind of one of the things that Ben and I ran into in our main event that unlike yours and mine did go down last week, disappointing defeat. We'll now try and win third place and, and try and win the half a million dollars in the next portion of the contest. But we run Harris out there every week, and yet our other guy, James Conner, feels much more likely to have a big score. It's just, it's not a great sign when you have Najee Harris and you're like, James Conner's going to blow him out of the water. Because we're now to the point where he does run like a Trent Richardson, and you can see that. Now, does the offensive context create some problems? Obviously it does. And I think that you could probably make that same claim for Richardson, at least to a little bit of an extent. But to be more than two points per game underwater in terms of what your workload suggests you should be scoring and what you're actually scoring, that part of it is disappointing, right? Now, the Steelers may get a little bit more aggressive and you think to yourself, okay, well, if the one thing that Paris is actually delivering to us is a lot of attempts, then the last thing we can handle is actually to lose this part that he's been good at. At the same time, I do think that Maybe we transitioned a little bit more back to him as a receiver. He had the monster game early on in the season, made it look like he might just blow everybody away in terms of running back receptions. I think down the stretch, maybe we go a little bit more in that direction. That would be positive. Also, if they throw more, run more, no huddle, actually move the ball, maybe they could create some more high-value touches as opposed to all these low-value touches. And again, I mean, this ability to create big plays matters because a low-value touch for Jonathan Taylor is still exciting. A low-value touch for Najee Harris is not, right? And so we want him down by the goal line. And hopefully, since we don't, we don't have a lot of exposure to Deontay Johnson, uh, even though definitely not somebody who was off our list. He just wasn't didn't quite fit exactly where we were in terms of price and, and where he fit in. We had some different targets there. Hopefully, Deontay Johnson won't just catch all these touchdowns going you know, down the next couple of weeks. But I think that Harris could be a guy kind of in that range. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes into play, how some of the other guys come into play. Colin, you mentioned the best ball situation. We've got an interesting deal here. And obviously the main guy, again, Jonathan Taylor, he's on the team that you and I have with Blair. There are two other Jonathan Taylor teams in our league. Again, for anybody listening, not sure about this format. It is a fun one. We encourage you to play it next year. Again, obviously if it's, if it's within your budget, only do things that make sense financially. The, you have the 13-week the season, and now we have four individual weeks where they put you in a random draw of 12 teams. You've got to be in the top three to advance. So within our 12-team league, randomly generated from the teams who advanced, there are three Jonathan Taylor teams. We are one of those teams. But, Colin, we are the only team with Aaron Rodgers. We're the only team with Devontae Adams. So we have that stack, and we have both of those guys who could help us through we're also the only team with this player we have just been raving about, and that is Javante Williams. The only problem that we have is that as 
our team in the main event tries to win a championship, Javante Williams will be starting for their side. So I guess what we would like to say is that worst case scenario, at least one of these two things comes through, but we know that's not the case. We could win both. We could lose both. It'll be interesting to see how it feels to root for Javante Williams this weekend, knowing what a huge role he'll play in both formats. Yeah, there's always a razor's edge. I, I'm assuming that a lot of our listeners will know that feeling as well, especially if you play in you know a volume of leagues. If you're playing in one league, it's not going to happen. But if you're playing in, you know, especially as well when it comes into basketball or, or season long, you know, if you're playing in anything above you know four or five leagues, I'm sure you have weeks where you have. <laughs> sometimes it's almost like you're it feels like you're playing against the exact same team that you have in one league and another league, and you're hoping that the scenarios work out where you get just enough points to win in one league uh, and you don't lose in the other league. So, yeah, we're in that situation with Williams this week. But luckily for us, Sean, and just before I, I forget, the player I did want to mention in terms of the, the stats was Jonathan Taylor, um, who this past week, that was his 10th consecutive game as a running back one this season. So he has just been amazing. But I think we've we've said that enough times. Um, but, yeah. 10 consecutive games 11 times this season that's an 85% RB1 rate interestingly enough he has no RB2 games but has two RB3 games in week two and week three so yeah um the, we, we that was one of the things with the draft process and as I mentioned on the show earlier this week I will be republishing that draft with Blair on the podcast feed so if you want to check that out but yeah drafting Jonathan Taylor the discussion was the week 14 by we knew the playoffs were there we got him with the 12th pick of that draft and part of that was down to the fact he was sliding a little bit because of the format so week 14 buys seems like a terrible idea in general but uh you know we're the Dolphins, for example, are missing this week. Um, you know, we have the Patriots missing. We have the Bills as well, Sean, and uh, we have Indianapolis. So luckily enough for us, the only player on a bye on this roster is Jonathan Taylor. Last week, for example, in week 13, we had Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams uh, on a bye. We had Jarvis Landry and DJ Moore on a bye. So, you know, last week was the week we really needed Williams to come true for us because we had, uh, you know, half our team on a bye. So basically... We had one option at quarterback. We basically had three options or four options at, at running back, and we needed to get those uh, points. So, so far, so good, Sean. The team, the one other key point that I would point out is the team has stayed relatively healthy from the players that we have drafted in terms of, of what is available. So the only player who has been on injured reserve, and he has been on injured reserve for pretty much on the entirety of the season, is our boy KJ Hamler, unfortunately, with his early season injury. Outside of that, uh, pretty much everyone is still available um, in one way or the other. So I think we're we're in a pretty good shape here to make some noise as we move forward. So we do have Aaron Rodgers. We do have a stack with Devontae Adams. We were talking before the show, we're the only team with either of those guys in the entire 12-team field. So again, going back to the format, it is into a 12-team league now for one week. The, two high, or the three highest scoring teams progress. And that'll work all the way down to... Um, you know, four weeks from now where there will only be 12 teams remaining for a shot at the top prize. So it's, it's a pretty fun format. Looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Maybe it plays out very quickly and we're, we're out of it this coming uh, week, but let's see how it plays out. But yeah, we have Aaron Rodgers. We have Devontae Adams. We know how good that connection can be. So if we have a few big spots here from the Packers, we'll be in a, a good spot, particularly this week when that is the only teams going up against it. We do get a bit of luck where there's three teams with jonathan taylor so that means that you know there's at least two other teams who are missing out in those points but um i think it's going to be going to be quite interesting when we look across the field and for anyone who has played in teams with sean or has we've talked in the past myself and zach have talked about this in the basketball show if you're drafting with sean 
the insights and the details that go into it are always second to none and they will sometimes catch you off guard with how sometimes they seem like very straightforward ideas but when you see that they're done it's like well that was a very smart thing to do so prior to the show sean shoots over a spreadsheet that breaks down each team by the players available so i can thank sean for knowing that we we're the only team with hubbard we're the only team with javante and the only team with rogers and adams but if we look through the league there's three carson wentz teams three baker mayfield teams three teams with uh, justin herbert three then with eckler three with mike davis three with Hines. so eckler there obviously being the one that you would expect to have the big hit but the player sean who may define our week that's not on our roster is cooper cup there is five cooper cup teams out of the 12 so there's a lot there in terms of somebody who has been absolutely tremendous all season long is on pace it looks like is going to have a couple of records to break this season uh three teams with samuel who may yet uh suit up this week and to be honest suiting up would would boost our main event team who's in that final so it's that razor's edge again that we're playing and the interesting thing is there's four teams with andrews uh mark andrews who we have as well then there's three teams with Comet, three teams with troutman so i think in terms of the tight ends i think um andrews is the one that you would want to have in that race and, and we do have him on the roster so i think we have a quite a unique roster overall but uh just to run through some of the other players with dj moore jarvis landry rondell moore elijah moore we have the more trifecta so I think I think we joked a few times, Sean, that that might be the key to success in some leagues this year. So we're we're still we're still going strong, um, but definitely I think if we can get through this week with Jonathan Taylor being on the bye, I think you know him and and Williams and then the wide receivers and tight ends we have like Noah Fant being the the secondary option at tight end. I think we're in a an interesting place. So yeah, having the the key I think with basketball when you get to this stage of the season is. You know having those extra darts of this player could have a big week you know when when you need it so um having those healthy players is definitely an edge anything that you're looking at in particular uh you know even recapping it or you know with this process and any extra thoughts on on the best ball process for this tournament overall or best ball in general well it is interesting right we have the situation we know that our one league here is not necessarily representative of everything that's happened, but it does give us a little bit of a sense of what we need to do this week, right? And to be in a league where the heaviest represented QBs are Wentz, Mayfield, and then Herbert, who obviously has been good, it gives you a little bit of a sense of how difficult it was for some of those top QBs to score enough points to make a difference. We know that some of these defenses have knocked down uh, the top passing QBs. And so, you know, to, to be in a situation where we have the guy who's actually been successful in that way in Aaron Rodgers that is encouraging you look at the running backs they're not surprisingly Eckler the other back who's the most represented and so you know Eckler is someone where if he could be stopped this week it would it would help us in a lot of formats interesting to see some guys like a Mike Davis still on a bunch of teams to see you know someone like an Adam Troutman we know that the teams who have those guys now, Davis had a big week last week and actually could be fine. But when you're looking at some of these tight ends who are still going, you know, we'd like to think that we have a pretty good advantage there. And we know that's such an important position, really, in, in terms of FFPC scoring, in terms of best ball, how it allows you to make it through. Mark Andrews has been a big part of our success, and there are four teams with him, right? And so I think that we would be fine with it if three of the four 
Mark Andrews teams were the three that advanced. That would be a very good sign for us. You mentioned Cup. Obviously, he is the main guy. He's been the real star here. It's interesting. There are three Landry teams, including ours. And so, again, if the three Landry teams sort of uh, ended up being the guys through because he has an unusual game for him, at least for the last couple of years. Now, before their bye in week 13, he looked very good in week 12. So maybe he can build on that a little bit. Uh, it is interesting with some of the other players. You mentioned that we've been relatively healthy, and that's something that always does make a difference in best ball, especially when you're talking about a format that only has 18 roster spots. Health is going to matter. And so to a certain extent, it's surprising that there's only one Leonard Fournette team that's probably good for us. We won't have to worry about him having such a huge game that a bunch of Fournette teams make it through. Uh, it would just be one in this instance if that does happen. There are two Christian McCaffrey teams. There's one DeAndre Swift team. There's one Derrick Henry team. And so there are some teams here that have some of their very most important pieces out. And so, again, that gives us a, a good chance. And so we're in with, I think, a pretty good situation. Maybe the player, and I thought maybe this was going to be the guy that you mentioned as being the key. You mentioned there are a couple of Christian McCaffrey teams there. We're the only team with Hubbard. And it'll be interesting to see what the Carolina Panthers do coming out of their bye, right? So they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. We know that they're trying to work Cam Newton in. There was some optimism originally with him. And then in week 12, it was, you know, the kind of utter debacle that would get you a, a new coordinator. And they've been talking about being extremely run heavy. Now, yeah, how successful can that be, right? I mean, they're kind of hoping to play a game in normal weather maybe they're hoping that the weather will be bad for all the rest of the season when I, mean, I think that their probably ideal scenario would be what the patriots and bills dealt with on monday night but they want to basically do what the patriots did and give the ball to their running backs it would be great if hubbard could create some splash plays it would be great if he could get in the end zone we know amir abdullah has played a big role as of late could be uh, kind of the fly in the ointment there but between having dj moore and having hubbard Maybe there's a path to scoring some points if the Panthers do anything. If they do score points this weekend, we would probably assume that it comes from Moore or comes from Hubbard based on how they want their offense to work. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And it is interesting to, to look through some of the, the injuries and how these other teams in the, the league are built. And when we look through you know, a number of them, we, we have got through the season with Andrews and Fanta as the only two tight ends on our roster. Looking through the other rosters, there's only one other team who has gone with two tight ends and they also have mark andrews and they have george kettle as well so they were able to kind of get through the kettle injury by having mark andrews there but there's a number of teams that are, are quite beat up in terms of injuries and for example one of the rosters um just looking at it quickly has robert tonyan they do have mike gasecki who falls into that bye week this week and then they have anthony ferkshire so you know if, if they don't get points out of ferkshire they're in a little bit of trouble and then at the tight end position they're kind of they're down to lesser options outside of Nick Chubb so it can happen very quickly and uh, you know it could it could look good but those injuries can wipe it out that team also that I I did mention there they also have one of the nicest wide receiver uh, trios that I've seen recently I know that we have a team Sean with two of these guys on it in the main event but they have Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson in there so that's gonna be interesting uh, if that team does well our um, you know our, our main event teams likely to do to do quite well as well so 
they, they could miss out because of the the lack of tight ends that they face this week and there's a couple of teams as well that are in similar scenarios with running back so let's hope it goes well i think if we were in a redraft today and we had to say this team you had to go for you know six weeks with these players i think we would probably be saying that our roster is one of the favorites but when it's a week to week the other thing you mentioned there is the like a uh, hubbard and the you know there's certain scenarios you might be saying like can we put uh dj mourner lineup this week in a redraft league or a dynasty league or you know i think you still are putting them in there but based on how the quarterback position has been evolving there in carolina but with best ball that works already done you can just relax and and hopefully the points work out for you at the end of it it takes that little bit of extra stress out of it but yeah looking forward to seeing how this team plays out so two big uh team kind of efforts coming this week for the ot uh rosters and one in the main event one in this tournament so hopefully um we'll be able to continue here and uh continue to, to rack up some one-ins over the, the next couple of weeks but that's going to get us towards the end of the thursday edition of the show we will be back with a saturday podcast i'm going to try and drop in those shows from the off season as well with the draft so you can hear through some of our thought process um and, and what we were thinking at the time hindsight's always 2020 but it'll be interesting i'll hold my hands up i haven't listened back to them yet but i do plan to listen back this week because i think you can always learn um you know with, with every scenario in life but i think we might even pick out some things that maybe we we missed on as well by listening back to those so we'll be doing that myself hopefully you'll enjoy those if you are uh, obviously you are a listener of the podcast if you've heard true to this point but if you haven't signed up yet for a road of his nfl pass and would like to do so ahead off the holiday season you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz subscription using the code RV Radio 2021 at checkout. Or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. As well, make sure I, I plugged it at the start of the show, but Sean and Ben have the Stadium Bananas podcast, a great episode on Wednesday. They'll have another episode coming your way on Friday. You can pretty much get Sean Siegel now every day of the week if you're subscribed to uh, Rotoviz Overtime and Stadium Bananas on your favorite podcast feed. Drop us a written interview. Uh, we do appreciate that a lot if you've dropped one maybe a couple of months ago you head on back and hit the refresh button and you can add some stuff in there maybe uh, if your teams are going well add in a little note about that we might read some of those on some upcoming shows my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to my co-host is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotavis.com including the zero rb piece which will be tagged in the description of, of this here podcast but it's also part of the, the conversation we had today around those running backs earlier in the show. And until we're back on Saturday, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. 
And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.